is named, not very often, the healed people are named in the Bible. Today is Reformation Sunday. Let us put the text in context. In two years' time, in 2017, we will be celebrating 500 years of Reformation. Big theological consultations are being planned across the world. And therefore, just two years away from this 500th celebration, churches all over the world are asking this question today, what actually was Reformation? Change does not surface when you are not all, all ready to be the catalyst yourself. Your reaction matters, not your inaction. It is said, the greatest tragedy in the world today is that some people are doing evil. But a greater tragedy is that all others are being silent about it. This exactly was a thinking then. On the last Sunday of October 1517, which was the 31st of October, Martin Luther named, nailed his now famous the 95 Thesis to the door of the Wittenberg Castle Church in Germany. Voices of protest whenever the church took a formal position that was scripturally incoherent and was wrong in the eyes of the people were rampant everywhere. But at that point of history, the Renaissance movement, the literacy, the printing press, everything made communication much faster. When the Pope decided on the sale of reprieves for penance, or what we call today the sale of indulgences, Martin Luther and his friends thought, this is too much now to take. They decided to respond. The 95 Thesis thus came up. He hoped that would trigger a change in the thinking of the people. But instead, he was summoned before, as we know, the Diet of Worms, and then excommunicated in 1521. Frederick of Saxony shielded him, and in that shielding, Martin Luther went on to write several more of his pamphlets and then translated the Bible into German. The spirit of Reformation crossed on Swingley in Switzerland, Calvin in France, Trubar in Slovenia, people across the world took up the spirit. In England, it took even a very political turn leading to the formation of the Church of England, the Anglican Church. Well, Reformation continued to be an ongoing process. The 38-year war, the Augsburg Treaty, several places they said was the end of it or the beginning of the Counter-Reformation. But Reformation continued to be an ongoing process of the Church. The three basic tenets of the Reformation movement can be summed up thus. Sola gratia, grace and grace alone. Sola fide, faith and faith alone. And 
sola scriptura, scripture and scripture alone. Let us now return to the Mark and text that we read and the story of Bartimaeus. Sola gratia, grace alone. What Luther said was this, salvation could come by grace and grace alone. No claims whatsoever but the mercy of God and the grace of God can fetch you salvation. Europe was set free largely thanks to the Protestant Reformation that began to teach the believers don't have any assurance to salvation through the back door. Leave alone the burning of the indulgences. Salvation is by grace. Bertimaeus' claim was thus very simple. His prayer was very simple. He realized Jesus was passing by and he prayed, Lord have mercy. He knew that for his salvation he had no other claim to make. This salvation is not just the physical healing of his blindness but the very restoration of his selfhood. The story of Christian Reformation, Revival and Renaissance underscores that even at the darkest hour that you pass through, just remember the darkest hour is quite often just before the dawn. So we should always be people of hope, people of prayer, not people of gloom and defeatism. God the Holy Spirit can turn situations for us in no time. That's exactly what happened in the life of Bartimaeus. He was a blind beggar and his prayer, Lord, that I may see again, perhaps makes us think he once was able to see and lost his sight. But when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The son of David usage surely has messianic overtones. Mark Twain once said, The church is always trying to get other people to reform. It might not be a bad idea to reform itself. I repeat that statement of Mark Twain. The church is always trying to get other people reformed, but it is not a bad idea to reform itself. The followers of Christ could not understand the essence of a call for mercy. They thought, what could grace and mercy to do to a blind beggar? They thought, the best thing to do was to just ask him to keep quiet. They asked him to keep quiet, yet he kept shouting loud, and lo and behold, Jesus stopped. The blind beggar and his story of healing reminds us that the only claim we have before the throne of grace is this, Kyrie Eliason, Lord have mercy, and in Malayalam we pray this prayer this way, Kartave Kairunayindakinami, grace and mercy. That's all it's required. 
the church and the structures will come with several, several doctrinal claims, right from baptism to cremation. People would come and tell you, unless you do it this way, you will not be saved. But Reformation is a movement that keeps telling us grace, grace and grace alone. He knew nothing else, but grace and mercy could change the situation he was in. His situation of begging and poverty, his situation of blind living, his being an object of pity, his inability to walk around the way where he wanted to, everything could change in a moment of the outpour of grace. We must also note that these situations of his did not stop him from acknowledging Jesus as the Messiah. Dark patches in life sometimes helps us understand light in much clearer perspectives than those who always live in the fullness of light. Sola gratia. Secondly, we read about the statement sola fide, faith alone. Faith in the limitless possibilities of Jesus Christ. The man on the roadside kept calling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus stopped and called him and asked, what is it that you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, I want to see. He knew Jesus could perhaps make him see. The light that stood in front of him could drive away all darkness from his life. Martin Luther, as he was building up the Reformation movement the world over, said, All who call on God in true faith, earnestly from the heart, will certainly be heard and will receive what they have asked and desired. Faith must trample underfoot reason, sense and understanding that makes you question if God is able. The fewer the words, the better the prayer. No one can believe how prayerful, how powerful prayer is, what effect it can make, except those who have learned from experience what prayer can do. Perhaps God sometimes delays. Sometimes we think our prayers are not answered, but rest assured, Luther reminded, God always comes by and he knows what is best for you. And if at all, he said, if you find a door closed in front of you, not opening however hard you knock, remember what is on the other side is surely not for you, is surely not for you in the goodness of God. Faith whereby Christ rules sets the soul so high that prayer in itself becomes blessed. Yes, he cried out, Lord have mercy. I want to see Jesus, the son of David, stopped. Jesus saw him. Jesus called him. Jesus interacted with him. Jesus healed him and 
Bartimaeus did not think twice. He just followed Jesus on the road. Faith. Faith alone that transformed his life. And finally, the Reformation precept that this text brings to us is Sola Scriptura. The Word alone. The Word of God alone. Everything that happens in the life of the church must have scriptural foundations. The reformists kept reminding. The words of Jesus herein is simple. Go, your faith has healed you. He did not doubt and sit back and ask whether he was healed or not. Immediately, he knew that he received sight. He sprang up. He followed Jesus on the road. When he had heard that Jesus was calling him, he had left his cloak and sprang up and ran to him and now he walks with him. The life-changing possibility of a word of God is something that we need to closely look at. In a context when old clothes stop us from running and embracing Jesus, where deaf ears stop us from listening to Jesus passing by, where only the sound of the followers of Christ who keep saying, keep quiet, don't disturb, is heard by us, where blind eyes cannot behold the real glory of the Master, where we just come to the table Sunday after Sunday, just as a ritual, not experiencing the power and presence of God in our midst. The question is, do we really see the power of the Word? Where is the gospel in the story today? Someone heard Jesus say, call him. And immediately they looked at this blind man and said, cheer up, on your feet, Jesus is calling you. John Stott once said, we must allow the word of God to confront us. Word of God to disturb us, disturb our security, to undermine our complacency and to overthrow our patterns of thought and behavior. Spurgeon, when he once spoke of John Bennion, said, if you cut him, he will bleed scripture, cling to the Bible, though all else be taken. Cling to the Bible, this jewel and treasure, lamp for the feet that in byways have wandered, guide for the youth that would otherwise fail and fall, hope for the sinner, whose life has been squandered. The word of God, the staff for the aged, the best companion for all. Continuing from our last week meditation, the crucial question is this. Jesus comes alive, comes next to you and asks you this question. What is it that you want me to do for you? What is our answer? Will we have the humility to acknowledge our blindness and say, Lord, I want to see. See how to be a church. See how to relate to our young people of today who live in the age of the God particle, the age of science. See how to be relevant in a far, fast-paced, secularizing world as a church. See how to affirm the uniqueness of the gospel of Jesus Christ 
in a multi-pluralistic context. C. How to evolve a working model of mission as a church rather than saying we have nothing more to do as individuals, families and as a, as a church today. Shall we also pray the same prayer with Bartimaeus? Lord, I want to see. And once you see, you cannot but follow Christ the way he walks. And now unto God, the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit, we all glory, honor and praise, now and forevermore. Amen.